Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Appreciate you tuning into this episode. Um, what I wanted to talk about today was some of the black and white conversions that I'm trying to work on. Uh, at least talk about that for a part of the podcast. I wanted to also get into some odd photo jobs that I've had in the past, weird stories, you know, weird gigs that you have. I think that's like one of the more interesting parts of trying to pick up a career in photography. Not to burn a lot of bridges, and these are going to be weird ones that never worked out. So I never want to work at these places again, is sort of how it seems. But um, but yeah, there's just been these weird one-off photo jobs that I've taken or that I've looked into in the past. And I don't know, weird experiences come from that sort of stuff. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And probably some, you know, there's, there's a number, there's a list of them by now that <laughs> you're just kind of trying to kind of keep, keep on the back burner. But uh, first, I wanted to talk about some of the black and white conversions that I've been uh, been trying to make. I'm going through Lightroom, and what I'm doing is I'm making a separate, um, not collection. What is it? There's collections. There's your catalog. Then you, there's your photos in your library in your catalog. But then there's collections, and I think that is what I'm talking about. Collections within the library of certain sets of photographs that you're trying to do something with, and you can make a virtual copy to move over to that collection so you can edit that separately from the main photo or the other other photograph that might be in your library um, for another reason. Or you can also have them just kind of kind of back and forth. But you, you, you guys can Lightroom. Um, so what's cool is uh, I, w- I want to try and go through. I'm cutting through my photographs. I'm grabbing a bunch of them that I think would make a good black and white conversion. And I'm sending those files over to a collection in Lightroom. I'm running on calling it black and white or whatever. And what I'm going to try and do is go through all those photographs and then make specific adjustments to it to do different kinds of black and white conversions and what I probably really worked on specifically in the past. So I've definitely done black and whites and there's, there's a lot of different features to do black and white. So there's a lot of the time though, like with the color to black and white conversion stuff that we work with a lot of the time there, there it's sort of an, an automatic monochrome adjustment that happens or you're working with something even like Instagram or more complex than that where you just apply a certain type of black and white adjustment to a photograph where it's high contrast or low contrast or deep blacks or whatever it might or a blues or something you know where you start focusing on the color but in the black and white environment and then you kind of adjust those different there's just different ways to make the the black and white look different ways but um that's the more complex side of it but a lot of time what we do is we just hit like a make it monochrome button and then it just kind of reduces a lot of the the color information out of the photograph um i've done that for black and whites way back in the past and so you just kind of get these sort of more more gray tone photo they're all kind of at that 50% gray tone zone but there's not really like a strong black or a strong white to give it that kind of sharper look that you would get out of a more developed or more um focused on kind of black and white image or in even just the recreation of something similar to like the effect that you would have seen in uh some like Kodak Tri-X film or or whatever it was. Tri-X, I remember being kind of mid-toned. Though that, maybe that was just my development environment. I'm not sure. But I remember when I was shooting, that was back in like high school film class, you know, where you, yeah, like I actually did do the darkroom stuff for a day. And I remember, yeah, I have enough roll of Kodak Tri-X film that was black and white. And I remember the photographs being pretty meh. 
kind of flat-toned prints that I got back out of it. Uh, and that was, I think, kind of the, pro the just the experience of what I went through in the process. But I don't think that was like what you have to have. Anyway, that's all to say that I'm trying to go through these color photographs that I have, these raw files or these film photographs that are colored JPEGs. And I'm trying to go through and identify certain things that I'd want to try and bring over to a black and white conversion. And I'm trying to do that in a different way than just making them monochromatic. I'm trying to go in and, and try and do some like color mixer adjustments, like I was kind of mentioning, um, and kind of focus on a specific color profile that's seen in the photograph, but then making adjustments to that color range while it's in a black and white uh, view. It's kind of strange to think about, but imagine like you had someone in just a person smiling and they're in a, a, a blue shirt, just a royal blue shirt. And if you were to adjust the blue slider while looking at the photograph in black and white, you could bring up the brightness of that shirt or make it darker and bring out some more contrast in that shirt. And those are the kind of color adjustments you can make just to that channel of color in a black and white uh, mixer. And that's what I think is kind of cool about sort of focusing on some of those black and white conversions. I know that I know, maybe sounds silly, but if you're if you go into black to the I think the like near around the HSL section, you can hit black and white, and then it'll bring you over into the black and white gray mixer, and then you can grab the red tones and and drag those to dark or to light, or you can grab the yellow tones or the blue tones or the violet tones or something like that, and drag those up and down, and you can kind of focus on the different parts of your image as it relates to how it was interpreted through the color profile, and you can make changes to that and its contrast and sort of the way it appears in the black and white mix of it, which is really cool. And what it allows you to do is, is concentrate on like a specific color there. Or you know, if you identify, oh, this is like a distraction in my photograph, and I see it's a, it's a, a, a purple color, maybe off in the side of the sky or something like that. So you, in, the, in the gray mixer, you can just drag that purple part down if it doesn't interfere with I guess another main section of the photo but if you find just like a certain section of the photo oh, okay this needs to be tuned down a little bit you can grab that and pull it back and then that kind of changes the, the dynamics of it I've definitely noticed it in like photographs of the sky when I'm taking pictures of the sky there's like different tones in it between the white and the grays especially in a sunset like when you you're dealing with the all of the color you know you're dealing with the whole spectrum of oranges and reds and a lot of yellows and then you have in greens and the foliage below, but also a lot of shadows at that time because you're dealing with kind of that weird backlight of the landscape, but also the low light and direct light of the sun or of something near the sun and like a lot of clouds that are lit up against it. I was just working on a, a film photograph of that, I think from, where was it? It was a recent trip. It was up on, uh, on that mountain peak that I was talking about a couple podcasts back, but... Uh, when I was up there and I was taking a photograph, there was this cool uh, like cloud after sunset. I think the sun had gone down, and then the only thing that was really illuminated in the sky was this big, bright, kind of red to pink to orange to yellow uh, cloud that had kind of stretched up in this wisp, sort of like a little filament, and it kind of stretched up in this wisp and then carried off to the southeast 
for like a third of the sky or something like that. Really cool, beautiful, uh, beautiful cloud formation and stuff. It's cool, and it's cool to see those uh, pieces of uh, light in the sky after the sun has set. But uh, when I took some photographs of it and then kind of look at them in the mix, what you can do is, is it's beautiful as a color image, but it's also kind of interesting to sort of see some of the, the, the texture dynamics when you switch it over to black and white, which is what I've been kind of trying to check out. And so with all those different color ranges, you can grab those in the black and white and sort of make those contrasts differences bigger between the two photos or like you, you can just kind of adjust the brightness of it as you see it in black and white and pull out some structure of the photo that you really can't see otherwise or it kind of gets muddy you know it kind of just gets blurred out if you take all those colors and then just reduce it to gray you don't really see too much but if you start working that that mixer a little bit you can kind of make some variation between those colors and then you can kind of start to see those textures come out in different ways that you hadn't seen before in this black and white image and that's kind of cool when you're able to do that uh, also works really well on skin like on, on portraits of people if you go into there and then you're making a black and white image of a person you can really work the the tones around the skin channel and the tones around whatever it else is around them. i think uh, it depends on the lighting sometimes like people can have a blue cast color on their skin uh, some people can have or definitely like a green cast color uh, or and most often kind of an orange and red tone in the color um, and it's not their skin it's like the lighting condition that was where the source light came from it's kind of interesting how that can be but uh, and sometimes it could be like the, the way it was captured or something but uh, yeah it's like if you're in like a shadowed area it's going to be a more blue light unless it was maybe like a, a more warm toned wall that you were getting the bounce off of but if you're in like one of those more cool toned shaded environments then it's going to be those cool tones that you focus on when you're trying to make adjustments to the colors in the face but you can kind of notice that uh, what i do is i kind of go in and grab uh, whatever color i might think it, it to be that i want to make a mix on and i'll try and drag it to a pretty extreme position first just to see where it's getting affected like what's being adjusted uh, so like i'll drag it near up to like a hundred percent let's say and uh, let's say like we're, we're looking at a picture of a person a portrait of you know just kind of like a person's face and then uh, it's in a shaded environment so it has sort of a blue cast to it but their skin is also still sort of a warm tone so you're not sure well is this is this going to be a, in a blue tone section that i need to make adjustments to or is this going to be uh, near like an orange or yellow area where i need to like make adjustments there uh, and so it, it just kind of depends so if you grab it you grab the blue and then you, you crank that up to 100 and you see the area that it affects severely and if it's the area you meant to adjust then you can make real subtle adjustments to that and make a correction make it you know bring that way back down and then add three to it or seven to it or 14 to it or whatever uh, whatever the adjustment that's appropriate is but you can kind of make these kind of fine-tuned adjustments to to make the highlights and shadows and darks uh, have just a little bit more tonality to them in their black and white conversion i think that's pretty cool and so i've been trying to go through specifically yeah with pictures of uh, some people that exist in the past uh like i think i have a, a black and white conversion of a photograph of a man playing like a cigar fiddle or it's like a cigar box you know like like cigars they come in a box sometimes it's a cigar cigar box and then i suppose as an old-timey thing you can make that into an instrument that was a fiddle where the the box served as like the body like if you imagine a guitar you know like it was the body of the guitar and the strings came up the neck but it was real tiny so it was a fiddle so a cigar box fiddle a man in a costume was playing at an event years ago 
I made a black and white conversion of this portrait, but I'm also kind of going back through that, taking a color version of that, and then sort of reworking it and making a different black and white color conversion of it. I'm trying to kind of take notes of it as I go to sort of see like what kind of changes that I've made in the way that I'm kind of thinking about how to do it. And it's cool. But I'm kind of trying to go through different photographs like that and then make black and white conversions of those or a lot of landscape photographs too that uh, are kind of kind of cool, especially ones with uh, cool, well-exposed elements in the sky uh, or a lot of like the midday photos. Like I was saying, like I really love the, the colors and the saturation uh, that you get with like the, the sunset or sunrise colors or the kind of low golden light on the horizon that's kind of cast near sunrise or just after sunrise or just before sunset. I think that's really cool. But uh, so I really like working with color specifically, and I've never really been one to kind of think that uh, photography is all about the lines or whatever it is. Uh, I think it's more than that. Um, So I'm not uh, super set on thinking that uh, like black and white photography is a better form or a, uh, I don't know, like a more, what have I heard before? That like you're just sort of fooled into thinking colors are cool because you like colors. So you think like colors are cool, so sunsets are cool, but really lines are cool. That's what I hear, heard, or hear photographers kind of try to teach sometimes. And uh, sure, sure, but we're 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 beings that are pretty organized around color, so I think it's uh, pretty reasonable to understand and see and identify with the color more than the shape or the line. And it's sort of the artist to sort of blend blend the line between how it's seen. And understanding the line and the form is really important to understanding how it's seen. But uh, yeah, color's cool. So I think color's color's what it's for. You can definitely use color in photographs. But, um, but yeah, it's fun going through some black and whites, making a bunch of conversions. Going to try and put those into some kind of kind of larger collection of images of so some landscapes and some photos of us, or you know, like uh, photos, portraits, and portraits of the people and stuff that have taken over time. That uh, would be a good black and white kind of collection together. It's kind of fun, kind of going back through, doing different types of edits. It makes you kind of think about photos a little bit differently. So, yeah, it's been interesting. Most of the time, I'm just kind of going for like a sharper and uh, kind of picked up uh, color photograph of the same thing that I took a picture of. And a lot of the time, I'm not really even thinking about the black and white conversion that I should make out of it. Or, you know, I'm not really thinking about a picture that I'm making in, in context of it being a better black and white photograph. So it might be kind of interesting to try that out, try and uh, think about things as being captured in black and white. Think about the form, the line, the shading, the the kind of gray tone and stuff of it. So it's kind of cool to to check out, but there's a lot a lot you can kind of learn just from working on the photographs that you already have. And, and that's really a good way to do it too. Yeah, you work on those photographs. You can kind of see the changes that you're making to old stuff, and then you, you can kind of know a little bit about, well, what, 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 what was it that really popped when I took it and made it a black and white and you're really going to notice it's not uh it's not like things of color that you thought were interesting it's really like form and lines and uh, sort of like compositional things and that's what's really cool about uh about that is you can kind of kind of look at the shape of the photograph shape of the the way you're using a frame when you're thinking about some black and white stuff more just because you want to make whatever's black and white you want to make those lines seem interesting to look at and you kind of think about that a little bit more when you're taking pictures in that format um but it can go both ways and uh, 
Yeah, it's really cool. And just regular landscapes that are that are beautiful. Color photos, I think, are, are really interesting to kind of convert over to black and white where you can like pull out those textures and clouds and sky shape or sky patterns above and landscape forms and stuff. It's really cool. So uh, black and white conversions, working on them still, working with that mixer, that X-Touch uh, Behringer compact mixer. Pretty cool. Works really well with the gray mixer stuff. That's also kind of what inspired me to get into this section of it a little bit more was uh was being able to just work on like a mixer board like you would like an audio mixer and like oh i'm gonna grab the red channel bring up the brightness in that grab the blue channel bring down the brightness of that make a local adjustment with the mouse and the photograph like you normally would then go back to the channels make some adjustments adjust the contrast the texture it's really cool you can just kind of drop in and, and kind of physically make those operations and uh and you can also make a really extreme adjustment like i was talking about you just like crank that slider all the way up see the big change up oh, now that's so good and then bring it back down to two or four or whatever you know just a real subtle adjustment so it's been cool i've been appreciating getting to get to work on some black and whites i wanted to talk a little bit about like photo work that i've done in the past like photo jobs you know when you're you're starting off as a photographer it's kind of a weird industry or a weird kind of job to grab uh, to kind of go after because you're not going to find a lot of like businesses that are hiring for that in a way that actually has like a lot of relevance you know what i mean uh there's a lot of like and i've had these jobs too and they're they're really uh, pretty good employment for being in your 20s and stuff it's fine but uh, like kind of working in like a marketing department or something like that where you're doing some sort of media related element but it's also um i don't know just sort of like a job you know, but for some of the just photography gigs that are out there that you do earlier on than that, where you're just kind of trying to pick up some work and trying to like grab at some stuff, it's kind of interesting. And like I've done a lot of those, and really even like that's just like a like more of what it is all the time is where you're just operating your business, you're looking for work, you're trying to make contact with different people that might be clients, and if you're working for like commercial environments, it just kind of goes into different places all the time where there's a lot of variety and things. And also just as a photographer, you, you have to kind of pop into different things where you're doing real estate or you're doing weddings or you're doing portraits of people or you're out in the woods trying to capture, you know, trying to get landscape stuff or trying to get uh, some kind of, I don't know, different kind of unique thing, or you're working down more commercially for someone just in sort of a routine way. Uh, so there's like a lot of different paths to it. And over time you kind of pop into like a bunch of different ones, but there's this one job I wanted to talk about. I remember I was thinking of it because it was, uh, this time in October way back that, uh, that I think I, I walked into this job, but I was looking around, I think it was on Craigslist. This is sort of what I mean. It's like you go into Craigslist, you go to gigs, you look, you type in and a search for photo and you see what comes back and then you send out your CV or your business information to those people. Say, hey, yeah, I can uh, take a photo of that, I guess, for you for some price. <sighs> yeah, it's a good time. So I remember hearing back from a place that I had contacted that was a permaculture farm. A permaculture farm, okay. And they needed a, uh, a, a someone to do media for them. Or I think it was someone to like do some photographs and some video for them. And I think they wanted someone to be there for like a full-time kind of thing. And it was weird because, like, I remember when I got there, I went to this town. It was different than the one I was in. I went out, and it was, like, outside of town, too. And then I go out there, and it's, like, a, I guess, like, a cult. It's not a cult, but, like, I think they think it's a commune. It's not a cult. 
but they they were just like in a quinoa and stuff. But I remember it was weird. Yeah, it was like a permaculture farm. They wanted to have a bunch of uh, like recruitment videos and stuff, or and a bunch of uh, photographs for their flyer. So I remember going there and like walking around this permaculture farm, uh, like photographing like little chickens that were running around in the the garden and stuff, and then talking to like these different people. And uh, and so the next job that was fine for the most part. I think they used like, use some of those. Uh, photographs and stuff but i think the next one that i did was like a a video interview section where i had to kind of do like a documentary style video interview with them where it was just them that were that was videotaped and they would kind of talk about you know i was like so what's this farm about and then they would talk about that and they'd say like oh our vision for this farm is whatever and (laughs) then they would uh, you know kind of put that on video and stuff and so they would talk for a while and i got those uh, videos and stuff but i remember like kind of looking at like their work and stuff like i guess they were supposed to set up a farm permaculture permaculture is kind of weird i think it's supposed to be like low impact agriculture i think it's a little more than foraging i think my understanding is that it's sort of like you're setting it up to be foraged but also really uh, i don't know there's so there's people in forestry people people that have been doing uh, projects in the outdoors forever that have been doing this kind of kind of wilderness husbandry where they're trying to like manage a piece of land to be the most developed, the most natural, but also the most productive that it could be. So I think it's been something that's been kind of going on for a while. I do understand there's differences in commercial farming or even like uh, local organic farming where you're doing a lot of kind of kind of traditional agricultural processes or, or traditional gardening processes that are a little different than the, the ethics behind permaculture. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I think they were yeah really into setting up these uh, permaculture gardens. But when I was out there, I noticed they, they had no gardens, or they had they had no they had nothing prepared. And then I remember looking at this other thing where they they walked me around to like videotape these different sections of their uh, beautiful establishments there, the grounds. And I I think they were like really proud of this like pit that they had dug. They just like dug this hole, like a, like a, like a three foot by maybe six foot. Or is a three foot deep hole that was maybe six foot wide by two foot wide or something like that. And they said that they'd been working on that all summer. Oh. All right. I don't know. It just seems like there's like twenty people there. Is that what you get done over a whole summer? And then they took me over to this other thing. Uh the, I think it was supposed to be like a gray water wash. <laughs> it's uh, like yeah. There's, I don't know, there's systems that have existed for that for a long time, and it seems like people still put those in all the time. So it could have been a lot of, I don't know, it, it was very unfinished. Uh, the next thing that they did, though, or the next place that they took me over to was like this um, this cabin that they were building. It was supposed to be like a, a green insulated cabin, but it really was not. It was like, it, it, it's, I don't know, it seemed like a crazy project. It was like none of them had like a background doing construction stuff but it just seemed like it was kind of this patchwork plywood shack that they were trying to put together and i think they were like putting i think it was far enough along what they were trying to do was put like a wire frame in and then put hay and mud in the walls to act as like a strong insulation and then i think they were going to cover that over again and then put the the more finishing layer on it after that but uh also i don't think it was that 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 well thought through i think it was just sort of i I don't think it was a blueprint kind of idea you know what i mean i think it was just sort of like well we'll just uh start start one of these 
And a lot of fine building projects are like that. A lot of people can do just fine uh, doing that. But man, this one was a, a first timers thing. So it looked like a playhouse or everything. It looked like a playhouse with mud kind of smeared over the walls, mud and hay smeared over the walls as it was prepared to be um, continued. But they said that they'd been working on that for like four months too. And then I think it had been in about the same state for about a month. So I guess what I'm gathering is that just with all these people here, uh, doing whatever at a permaculture farm. They wanted yeah, a, video, a videographer, a photographer to come in and capture capture the spirit of this place. But yeah, good jobs, right? So it's like it's that kind of stuff that comes up as a photographer where you're just kind of like showing up to this weird thing and you're, you're kind of like brought into this weird environment that is, is just like a different experience, you know what I mean? Or it's like a, like a weird place to kind of pop into. Plenty of other stuff too, like I don't know, just the weird churches I got popped into weird family dynamics you get punched into when you're doing like a family photo shoot those are strange weddings are normally pretty light because there's so many people there it's really like one of the the more low impact circumstances you're in but like yeah the wedding or this or the uh, church directory photography that was a strange one the stuff in maui you know just as that is like it's just like oh wow what a weird dynamic it is to like pop over to you know it's just like different kinds of things like i was saying as you do over time as a photographer it's like Oh, well, I guess we'll do this gig for a little bit. You go over to Maui, you do some photographs for a while. It's cool. But yeah, just like weird stories that come up from that sort of stuff, weird dynamics that come up from that sort of stuff. Or like um, like I was saying, yeah, this this permaculture farm um, down out in the country, out in the woods. And yeah, it was just run by these, uh, like, uh, I think it was this, I think it was just like a guy who was like a younger kind of hippie dude who was into this stuff and sort of into that culture and then yeah it was like a team of other people and i remember them trying to like recruit me i think that what they said <laughs> yeah watch out for this move like this ever happens right but uh what they told me was um what if we don't pay you and we let you live here if you go through a process or something like that like so i had i don't know i was working for them already but they they didn't want <laughs> they didn't want to pay me out they just wanted to let me uh like live on the property because i think they didn't want to pay anybody right but i think like that was sort of the 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 the, the, com the community work ethic thing that they've got but like yeah it's like no one gets paid ah oh, man what a utopia right uh no one gets paid but you work but you live there in the commune in your food and sleep needs are met i guess i don't know i remember kind of looking at the looking at the environment it seemed like maybe there was a bunk for me but also i think a lot of people were just in a tent out in this big kind of weeded field huh yeah i could have done that i was thinking about it i was like oh man. i should pop out here live in a tent no <laughs> that'd be pretty rough so uh, yeah i think i worked with them for i think like two weekends three weekends and then it sort of started to disintegrate where they just like really wouldn't communicate well but that's sort of the other stuff that happens too yeah like weird clients and stuff that, that kind of pop in and pop out so i think i try to get pretty quickly paid out by them and then some other sidekick that kind of came up with that delivered their video stuff later that was a weird one too yeah they just like i don't know you gotta pay um <laughs> i'm not gonna live there <laughs> but yeah i remember yeah weird permaculture farm yeah but the photos from that were cool enough or like i did a, i did a fine job with that i remember just chasing some chickens around with weird little poofs on their head it was like i don't know some other kind of chicken it wasn't like the normal one but it was like these weird little birds and uh yeah a bunch of young people that were over there living there and working there as part of a program learning about low impact agriculture
pretty fun time, weird job, and yeah, definitely not worth like uh, three weekends of working for what? I was like 150 bucks or 200 bucks or something like that. It was stupid. So there's a lot of those kind of gigs that come up where it's like, well, this is a lot, a lot of driving, a lot of times out there. And it's like, I don't know, they, they think they're going to pay something like uh, like a low wage, like a low working wage if you just had like a like a part-time job or something like that. But it's like, well, but this is my business and I'm only going to come out here for a couple times and then I have to like do something that you would want to have out of it. So wait a second, what's it going to cost? Or what's what are you going to pay me? Like, I don't know. I don't know if that kind of stuff's worth it. So yeah, good times, but I have plenty of plenty of jobs that kind of come off like that. I'll probably talk more about that permaculture farm sometime in the future, but, uh, but yeah, plenty of other weird little jobs to get to also. Maybe we should talk about like the church directory one too. That one I learned a lot of stuff at as well, but man, weird experiences. Yeah. Just kind of like popping in and out to photograph these church directories in different areas across Portland. That was a weird one. I'll try and talk about that one too. But yeah, other fun photo jobs coming up in the future. Yeah, so I'm gonna keep working on these black and white conversions, and uh, keep uh, trying to head out and do some camping trips and stuff uh, during the week. October's been pretty cool; been able to kind of pop out and do some stuff up in the the parts of the Cascades that are doing well, and the further eastern Oregon stuff, also kind of toward the coast and stuff too. That's been cool. So getting to kind of travel around a little bit has been uh, been kind of cool, and uh, getting to do some camping stuff is definitely fun. Trying to work on some photo stuff, but kind of goes. Slow and go sometimes, but the fall is beautiful. It's really cool. So, like, or at least the parts of it that are. It's nice. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I guess, uh, probably what most of this podcast will be about. Work on those black and white conversions a little more. I'm uh, thinking that I want to try and put some, well, I want to try and put some prints together. And some of these are cool. Like, I haven't really seen them like this before, so I want to try and go through those black and white photos make some prints and then maybe make a simple printed photo book of some of that stuff too. A lot of photo book stuff I want to try and do. That's kind of what I'm trying to go through these edits for is to, to get some stuff that's more print ready uh, so that I'm, I'm kind of like double checking the file, the file size. That's a big one where, you know, if I posted it online before and it was edited up in some certain way, the file size probably wasn't prepared for like a large print making process. And most of it's in Lightroom. Most of the changes to the photos are in Lightroom. So I'm trying to get a bunch of these uh, prepped and ready to go uh, so that I can print them in a large size or print them in a photo book or, you know, print them on the canvas or something. And then I'm kind of going through and making those finer adjustments to stuff that I uh, want to see taken care of before I had a photograph solidified into a print. So it's kind of cool. I should talk about more of the, the printing stuff sometime uh, coming up on a future podcast and stuff, but it's cool. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. You can see more of my, more of my work at billynewmanphoto.com. You can also support this podcast by going to billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. That's where you can uh, drop a donation of any amount or select to subscribe to the podcast in a way where you can pay some amount per month uh, to help uh, sustain the work that we're doing over here to do some photo stuff, to talk about some photo stuff and uh, kind of like a value for value system. You know, you get the podcast for free always, but if you think you uh, got any value out of it and you feel like you'd want to uh, convert that over into a payment or a donation to me, uh, to kind of continue some of the photo stuff that I'm up to, then it's always appreciated. And that's really how uh, part of this operation goes. Uh, there's also other options over there too, if you're interested in getting a hold of me for some photograph or some photography work or some uh, 
uh, I don't know, other photo-related business stuff, but you can find it all at billynewmanphoto.com. So thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast. I'll talk to you again next time. Goodbye.